under your butt. I'm, of course, surprised that a story had such an immediate and profound effect upon radio listeners. Hooey pleases the boobs a great deal more than sense. Whoa, is us! We're in a lot of trouble! In politics, man must learn to rise above principle. What the hell are we doing here? We are behaving the way a superpower ought to behave. Well, our behavior has produced some crappy results. What we're witnessing now is the failure of the state. It is a death struggle for our republic. Giving voice to liberty in our time. Jerry Clark. Welcome. What's going on? You're listening to the Joey Clark Radio Hour. This is Joey. Brandon's alongside me tonight. Oh. I was riding around to this earlier. Stealing cars? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, as the song brings up, what's your choice, whiskey or wine? Ooh, I'm going to have to say wine. I'm going go with whiskey. Wine takes you down. It takes you down the same road, but it takes you down a lot easier. Yeah, a lot easier. Maybe I'm just in one of those moods tonight where it's like, let's shoot back the whiskey and see what happens. Ooh. Usually nothing happens. All that happens when I drink whiskey is I pass out. <laughs> Or I go somewhere and I pass out there. Oh, okay. okay. Or I get a little handsy and like I'm get caught up in the Me Too movement. Oh no, we don't want to do yeah. that. I don't want to do that. No, I, I, I was getting ready to say you heard what just happened to Bill Cosby, man. They're they're trying to mm-hmm. classify him, and I'm like, at this at this point at his at this point at his juncture, you know, they should just let him just. Be retired somewhere, go off, because they're not right. going to put him in jail. He's so old, they're not yeah. going to put him in jail. So. Yeah, I don't I don't see him in jail. I mean, he deserves something, but it's weird. It's like you get away with that well, for well, so many years. Well, well, but the thing is, it's not just him. You got oh, people like right. Kevin Spacey, Dustin Hoffman, who mm-hmm. the news have just forgotten about. Now, I think Weinstein might end up in jail. Oh, well, yeah, Weinstein's the one that started all this. Right. Well, if Weinstein never would have got caught, all the rest of this wouldn't have came to light. Right. Which, which I, I, it's kind of a double-edged now, thing. Now, there's some that. folks who have been caught up that I think will make a comeback. Like Louis C.K. <laughs> I think Louis C.K. will come back. I think the main, the first ten minutes of his new comedy special will be about I, I don't it, know. being caught up in the media. I, I don't know. See, being a, see, he was kind of like a straight straight edge i would say comedian no he wasn't no 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 i'm saying if i had to define his comedy style you know he was kind of a i thought he was pretty messed up full of existential angst and obscenity i I don't know because i've seen a couple of his specials and he he seemed like a down-to-earth guy but yeah but you know every man's type of people but situations like this kind of take you out of that it it makes people look at you differently yeah but think about louis like when i heard the story that he had he had like he had pleasured himself. I was trying to think of some diplomatic words that the FCC would approve of. None at all. You know, the fact that he pleasured himself while he was talking on the phone to somebody, 
pretty creepy dude. And the fact that well, two female comedians followed him up to his room, and then he went back into the bedroom, came back out in the living room, was not wearing anything, was pleasuring himself once again. It's it's a little weird, but well, well, but okay. When you looked at Louis and you listened to Louis stand up, I was not surprised to hear that about Louis. Well, but at the same time, I mean... So I think it fits with his identity. He'll make it work for him later. Oh, okay, but my whole thing is, I mean, who hasn't had phone sex with a girlfriend or something like that? Long-distance relationship? I don't think it counts as sex. Really? Yeah, it, I don't think it does. You, I mean, I think it could count as cheating. You get, but to, I don't think you it get to the same point. It's like to the it's like the conversation at the beginning or the middle or well, there's no real timeline to it. But in Pulp Fiction, where uh, John Travolta and Samuel L are having that conversation about a foot massage, yeah, and the guy's saying, "I just gave the woman a foot massage." Like we or it's Marcellus's girl. The guy gives the girl a foot massage, and Marcellus threw him out the window. Yeah. And he's like, should he have thrown him out the window? Well, that's a little harsh over the top. That's not cheating. Giving a girl a foot massage is not cheating. And the, the killer line there was, would you give a man a foot massage? Mm, and it's cheating. So would you do weird sexy talk with a man on phone? If you're a straight man. I was getting ready to say. But we're both straight men up here. Why do we have to always represent everybody? Like, well, why can't you just be you and I'll be me? Well, well, that's the PC world we live in now, that's Joseph. so stupid. Come on, now. Everybody's on edge. And now because of the Me Too stuff, apparently sexual harassment of the Dallas Mavericks organization. Oh, yeah. They was talking about a cheerleader who yeah. has to cover up a little. And no, they're, they're changing the uniforms for the cheerleader. Well, well, yeah, because they show, like, cheerleaders back in the 1950s, which, of course, skirts were down to their cankles. Not mm. the ankles, but the cankles. The cankles. Yeah, yes. Uh, skirts Like, was... as the ankle meets the calf. Exactly. And hopefully there's some definition there. You would think so, being a cheerleader. Yeah, all yeah but but then they moves. showed a cheerleader in the 80s where the skirts had gotten a little shorter. Right. Then the 90s where they got uh, a lot shorter. I've been watching, as I've said before, but a lot more old school wrestling. And I grew up on WCW Nitro. Okay. And I remember... The Monday Night War. I remember the Nitro Girls. And that's exactly why the Nitro Girls were there. It's like, so don't change the channel. Watch the girls dance. Well, well, you look at wrestlers as far as today, like AJ Styles and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like when she would come to the ring, she would do a split and come up under the ropes. Or AJ Lee. AJ Lee, I'm sorry. AJ Styles is a 40-year-old dude. Yeah, yeah, my bad. He's the WWE champion as far as I know. He might have lost. I haven't yeah. caught up on SmackDown. This yeah, week. I haven't seen SmackDown. I, I did watch Raw, but not SmackDown. Well, and they're doing an all-women's uh, pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Yeah, it's which really is cool. Kinda, yeah, which um, really cool. Stephanie McMahon was kind of over it, and I'm like, that's kind of crazy that the ratings have come that far in women's wrestling. Oh, oh it's actually good. It's oh, yeah. not. It's not evening gown and stripping like strip the person of their evening gown it, to the bottom. And it's not. Back. It's not just good looking girls who can't who really right. have no athleticism. It's these not girls. Sable. Yeah. It, it's uh, these, oh oh hey hey do not talk about. I'm Sable. not talking bad about she Sable. She was Sable bombing dudes. Yeah, but way that's, back when. It's one thing to be able to power bomb somebody or Sable bomb them, uh, but it's another thing to actually put on an incredible match that tells a good story. And oh, of course. like uh, what Bailey and Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Lita, Natalia, Lita was really Trish good. Trish Stratus, time. Trish Stratus. Oh, they God. might and they might be bringing people back for this all women's. Well, well, well I could tell you right now, Lita probably not because her career ended was a neck injury. 
Oh, yeah. So, you got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Trish, you might see Trish. No, what no. she? Oh, I've, yeah. I've looked at some current pictures. She, she came is, back for the women's Royal Rumbles. So yeah, the she, Bellas. she is. She is not aged. Yeah, and it's just like the WWE's gone in this direction of we're not doing gowns and, and bra and panties matches anymore. But the women are wearing incredibly sexy clothing. It's well, just the point isn't oh we just look good. We do look well. Good. Well, well, the thing is, I want to sell sex, but. I don't want sex to be the only thing I sell to. Oh, exactly. And I don't, I don't... It's with the Dallas Mavericks cheerleaders. And it's what I worry about uh, is that there's this backlash that goes too far. That just because, yes, there are creeps and true predators like a Cosby or Weinstein, uh, it doesn't mean that you can't be also sexy and wear... You, the idea that sex appeal is just straight out, it's not allowed, is ridiculous. We got over this in the 60s. But the, but you know what what that's gonna do, and I'm gonna say it right here: NBA game attendance and viewing is about to go way down because there are no more scantily clad cheerleaders. Of of, of course, I, I mean I, it's a little sexist to Wait, say, but you, it's the but, truth. But come on, aren't you gonna watch the Lakers? God no. God, oh, no. you mad with ba- LeBron going to the Lakers? Basketball is so broken right now, and I don't yeah. see why people don't see it now. Yeah, that's just like last year. We pretty much was well. I'm hopeful for this team, but it's pretty much going to be Cleveland got, and Golden State again. I got really into basketball when Shaq moved from the Magic to the Lakers, oh, and then oh, it became yeah. Shaq and Kobe. But, but, but see, and I was a rival. See all basketball, that but see basketball had rivalries back then. You had. Yeah. Teams like the Kings who could oh, challenge them. With Chris Webber? Yeah. Then you had Portland with Rasheed Wallace yeah. who could challenge. I mean, it was and a Rasheed had Rasheed was mean, man. Oh, yeah. And all he would foul but, but, out on a game. But, but you know what's crazy? I liked a lot of people forgot him, Zach Randolph, and Jermaine O'Neal were on the same team. Yeah. It's just that Jermaine was young. Uh, Zach Randolph was sort of a budding star. And... Rasheed Wallace was just the man. Well, and maybe I'm going to contradict myself here because I liked WCW Nitro, not because of the Nitro girls who were smoking hot, but because I wanted to see DDP upset the NWO. Well, I wanted well, to see Ric Flair well, well, beat well, up well, Eric you, Bischoff. You, you, have to, you have to think. The Monday Night War started when a lot of uh, old-school WWF guys jumped ship they did. to WCW, like Hogan, Macho Man, and they yeah. formed NWO. Well, and then it really blew up when Scott Hall, who was Razor Ramon and then WWF, and Kevin Nash, who was Diesel in the, the then WWF, jumped ship. And they came in, and Scott Hall did. I remember watching it live as a kid. I've gone back and watched it. It's good. He walks out from the crowd into the ring, goes, you know who I am. Exactly. And with the toothpick in his mouth, and you're like, what's going on here? And it's, it did change the business. It changed the wrestling business. But my point is, I liked that because of the really cool storylines Eric Bischoff now, brought now, in. Now, you know what? Um, I liked the Lakers, not because of the Laker girls, but because I liked watching Phil Jackson with a revamped triangle offense that focused on the big man. Uh, oh, I liked that. Oh, 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 I liked oh, the game itself. Oh, okay, but answer me this. During a halftime show, what are we gonna? Uh, we we most well look at something on our well, phones. No no no. But I'm just saying, most NBA people are not gonna stare at women in their jumpsuits. It's like okay. See, but I think you're you're not giving men enough credit. Imagine women. I think, I, think, I think you're giving men too much credit. No, imagine women all of a sudden really did say. They're not going to do this, and I don't encourage them to. Mm-hmm. But said because of all of this harassment and the predatory behavior, mm-hmm. we're going back to dresses that go down, not to the cankles, to the ankles. 
We're not going to trip over them, but we're going to cover our bodies completely. We're not going to cover faces. We might even wear the, you know, like, you know, a headdress. Like we're going to cover ourselves up kind of like pilgrims did or like women in the Middle but, East are now. But but yes. And what would happen? Imagine you're Ewing telling me and money and ownership would go way down. No, but here's the thing. Big, that big, chick big, wearing that dress down to her ankles, you know, she does a little move and you see some calf. Us guys are over there going, oh. No, no. You and, don't and, think so? In the age of Tinder and all the other... No, I'm saying this all, is across the board. All, even on Tinder. Oh, oh, even on every single damn dude, place, women dude. are taken back dude. their bodies no, and no. not showing it to us men. We're still going to go, oh, did you see her neck? What a beautiful... This is not the that's 19... That's how messed up we this are. This is not the 1920s, dude. They're, number one, that's never going to happen. Number two, if that did happen in, in professional sports, viewing would go down, which means yeah. sponsorship would go down, yeah. which they're not going to let that happen. What we'll do is we'll come to some middle ground where we'll have them cover up a little bit, but it's probably still going to be skin tight and... Still show off certain things. I think, and I think you're right. Sex sells, and it's not going to completely go away. I'm just saying that men will find men in particular will find the sexy in whatever you give them. We're that messed up. But but you know what? You really and I think I think now that's why relationships are are sort of going mm. out because you really don't have to use your imagination anymore with right? be, between what women wear and. You know, uh, dating apps and other avenues, you really don't have to use your imagination. Greg was talking, and folks should check out the latest issue of Booms coming out, because okay. I actually, years ago, gave Greg a gift that was a collection of all his columns from Boom from years past. And his I still have it. I found it in the move. And his columns, his writing is great. And because it's very concise, uh, very insightful, but also comedic. It's kind of him telling stories. And the one that's coming out this month, he was laying out, is uh, on the so-called Pipe Club. Now, it wasn't some hippie smoking dope, although he might have done that when working for Sticks. Um, he it was talking about how there's like a group of guys that would find like Playboys or even the Sears catalog because they're selling bra and panties in there. Of course. And they would put it in this pipe. And it was for communal use. So you remember, you remember the movie Heavyweights? Yes. Where they have the little tree stump that isn't a tree stump, and they stow away all the contraband candy and hamburgers in there. Yeah. It was like that, but except for you know, no. scandally clad women, if not completely nude women. And this is like the seventies, I guess, oh, or oh, the sixties. Yeah. I watched um, a documentary called "The History of Sex." It had uh, mm. Katie Morgan. Mm-hmm. She's an adult film star. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was going back to like as far as like the early like nineteen twenties where guys would have you you remember those little toys we used to have with the film that would go in and you would click it and different picture would pop up and stuff like that. Oh, like you would look in the eyepiece yeah. and yeah, and different it would rotate the photo. And ex- the it, a it, tiny ex- photo would exactly, show up. Yeah. But they had an adult version. All right. So you would take your child's toy, you know, well, put and this disc the in original there. pornography, like say the nineteen twenties. Yeah. Was you could go like to the boardwalk or something and it was like a big machine. That you could look into. Exactly. And it would be, you know, and nobody else but you could see it. It's like, you know, enclosed binoculars and you could see some yeah. naughty movie or uh, film in a crude and, and form. And that's what I'm saying. Even now, see, back then, yes, you had to be inventive and use your right. imagination. And this is the point I'm making is that 
I remember those years, like I, before the internet really hit it big oh, with oh, that oh, stuff, minute, which is I, very. I, I remember when uh, what was it when HBO. Yeah. was the big thing. Yeah. yeah. When cable first hit and you couldn't quite get the HBO channel, so it was just scrambling. Yeah, staticky. It, but yeah. you could still hear it's it. Like the, the beginning, Jason Biggs is the beginning of American Pie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could hear it. So th- that's what I'm saying. We had but to use our imagination. Use your imagination. But, but imagine growing, imagine if those same people back then who had to be so inventive and so creative came to today. They, they, they wouldn't know what to do. They and would, it brings me to my point. Okay. Is that I remember being a teenager and finding the Sears catalog. So it wasn't Sears, it was like Kohl's or something. Yeah, oh yeah. And, it, and my imagination would go wild. And especially when you're a teenager and especially you're not having sex, you're like 14, 15, and you're not doing it. In my case, I wasn't. It wasn't until 18. And it wasn't that often even then. And you, so you're, there's this mystique around it. Of course. And these days, I still like. Those scantily clad photos, if not completely nude photos, but the mystique is gone. And it's Way kind gone. of a sad Way thing. Gone. I mean, I just showed you an Instagram model. I still like that stuff. Yeah. But you got to be careful, too, because, guys, if you let this go too far, you'll become desperate. And I don't know if you've run into this. You mentioned Tinder earlier. These bots that will scam you. Oh, of course. And they'll essentially say, hey, do you want to meet up? I'm in town. And then it leads to this long story, and it's like, well, if we want to meet up, my terms are you got to watch my, can you join my webcam thing? For like 10 minutes mm, or yeah. something mm-hmm. like that, yeah. But but see, that's... And it's, and it's like, how many poor souls are falling for that crap? It, it made me sad, because well, I knew it was a bot from the get-go, so I kept on messing with it. I said, well, I, if those are your terms, I can't. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry, sweetie. And then I said, but here's the truth, lady. I'm actually a gigolo. And so I get the professional thing. You got to make your money. I got to make my money. But occasionally I've learned you got to leave the money aside and do things for fun. So professional to professional. Why don't we, you know, hang out on the town, meet in a public place? No response, of course, because it's not some girl. It's It's some creepy dude who's running a computer program who's probably not even got the girl. He's just, you know stolen a photo or stolen a webcam from somebody else and he's making and, some money and, off and, desperate guys. And, and that's creepy. No, no, but see, this is the thing. We talked about technology devising, dividing us as a as a people. Yeah. But see, that's the next step because, okay, you're divided. You're just there with your device all the time. You're lonely. So it's like, okay, I have no social skills to actually walk up and talk to a woman now. So this is mm-hmm. my only way of getting to a girl. So that's why sites like that exist, and that's why they've done so well. Oh, yeah. And this is what I mean by guys are very inventive. Oh, yeah. And if it's made have easy to be. for people. We have to be. Well, but also, I, you know, we like to think everybody should be the hero of their own story in whatever way they can. Be your best self. But I don't think everybody's going to be the hero. It's it's like this uh, this Tom Brady thing. Did you see that where a picture of him on the beach with Giselle came out, and he's in off season form, like he's got a little bit of a dad bot going on, and oh, people yeah. are giving him giving him crap. What is he like forty? And well, like you expect him, Tom Brady, to be ripped year well, round? Well, Why? Well, this is the thing: you win four or five Super Bowls and find out 
how much people really like you. Well, and he might have a you know a belly, but look at that arm. But but you know it's what? A, it's that is a multi championship Super Bowl winning arm right there. But, Check it out. But but you know what? I'm gonna tell you this. As much as America loves to lift up its heroes, it loves to see a hero fall. That is a crazy thing, and you are absolutely right. I do not understand that impulse, that we want to see somebody rise and become incredible, and then we want to tear them down. Just bit by bit. It's terrible. I don't get that mentality. And, And American sports is the worst thing. You know, and... It could be some nobody kid who one year has this incredible year. Then the next year, well, he can't do it again. Well, he can't score like he did before. Right. Well, he can't do And it's just like nitpicking, nitpicking, well, this, nitpicking. This, some people are calling it a cancellation culture or the call-out culture or doxing people. And you're seeing this. James Gunn got fired from Guardians of the Galaxy for, honestly, some terrible tweets. But they were years ago. And he, that was back when he was doing really raunchy, messed up comedy. Uh, and the guy wrote Community and wrote uh, Rick and Morty. Yeah. He's getting messed up for some terrible joke about pedophilia. Um, and it's th- sort of fair about his, you know, turnaround or turnabout is fair play, excuse well, me. Well, well, I'm, I'm, and I'm, so, like, Roseanne gets knocked off because of her tweet about Valerie Jarrett. Did you not see Roseanne's tweets before you brought her wait, back wait, on wait, air? Wait, wait a minute. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Now, you, you talk about uh, Roseanne uh, being fired for her tweets, but Roseanne is about to get her own show. Well, they're bringing back a version of Roseanne right without no, her, exactly. but she's also she, she's she, going to get her own thing. Too. It, it, exactly. Well, yeah. Which, which, is, which is crazy. You know, what's funny, though, is Roseanne swear she did not know Valerie Jarrett was black. Would it have mattered? I think it does. She she thinks because Roseanne herself is Jewish. She thought Valerie Jarrett was Jewish, and she genuinely thought Valerie Jarrett looked like the chick in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> like, and it, of course, this is Roseanne, who I don't know is drinking so much, is on all sorts of pills. She's crazy anyhow. Well, well, you know what? You and know it's what? Like, why do we expect that, that, people who are in the public eye and who are popular for whatever reason to be saints? They're not. Well, well, that that's just like uh, this whole thing with Demi Lovato. I've Oh Man, yeah! Prayers go out to her because she's a talented individual, very good singer. Yeah, you know. Um, but I hate that she, you know, she slipped back or whatever. And it's like everybody just jumped on her, like it's all these memes, like oh, uh, this is Demi Lovato. Welcome to the Disney Channel. And it shows like some cracked out chick. I'm <laughs> like, come on, man. I mean, that's- see, but some of that's just people making jokes. And some of it and is just, not, and, and some personal. of it is some of it is in bad taste too. But that's, right. but that's the social media culture we're in right now. It is well, and people are—they're uh, not people to us. They're—they represent something. I mean, it, the best case is, and people like to talk about Trump derangement syndrome. I think it's presidential derangement syndrome. I wrote a long piece about this. You know, I got some people disagreeing with me. I don't think like the over-the-top hyperbolic freakout started with Trump. I think there was hyperbolic, over-the-top, deranged treatment of Barack Obama. I think there was hyperbolic, over-the-top, deranged treatment of George W. Bush. I think in some case, the scandal around Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, again, turned about as fair play, now <laughs> being done well, to Trump, well, well, but, but, but I, don't, I wish that had never occurred. There, Ever since TV really took over, Reagan... Start like all well, the first debates are JFK and Nixon, and Reagan really perfected it, being able to give a good speech. But once you have twenty four seven K 
cable news, especially picking up in the 90s, it leads to this sort of outrage, uh, almost over the top. It gives partisans a new, very powerful medium to carry a ridiculous, deranged message. Well, well, and you know what it also tells you? If you're going to be famous or do anything famous, don't have a past. Yeah, right, right. Well, because people are being indicted now for stuff that they did in their 20s and they're 40 now. Or they're 50 now, and they're being indicted for stuff that they did, you know, in their 30s. You know, something I wrote, some little piece I wrote in a in a little newspaper or something like that. And it's like they're just dredging up your past because they have nothing else on you. And, I, and we, I hate that, though. Do we really expect, like, Donald Trump, how many hours is there of Donald Trump saying messed up things on Howard Stern's show? Well, hours! Well, well, but at the same time, he's not our first celebrity president. He said he would... You're right, but he Because Reagan, Reagan was our first celebrity president, and a lot of people forget that. Well, Reagan was, but you could go back even further. JFK. Than JFK, but I think you could even go back to, like, the... The 1800s, where you have war heroes like Jackson, Andrew Jackson. You have Ulysses S. Grant. I mean, mm. these guys get a following because of their notoriety in the press and what they did in war for the nation. Grant isn't some great administrator who's going to be a great executive. Well, He's well, a war hero. Well, 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 but you think about this, though. I mean, if he can lead troops into battle and to victory, right. I mean, why can't he lead a country? Well, because it's a little different. Well, of course, it's a lot different. But at the same time, that's what you have advisors around you. Because even back then, he had advisors. Okay, Treasury Department, what we got? Okay, we got that. Okay. You know, somebody who's a a people's person. And that's what they wanted back then. Oh, yeah. Now they want the exception. They want the guy who's above the people. Right. Who seems larger than life. Who's closer to a celebrity than an actual politician. And actually, the one thing I credit... Uh, Trump for doing is the way he presented himself and talked. Like, it wasn't this polished guy. It was, like, people are going to criticize him for being a billionaire and being too rich, part of the elite. He goes, yeah, I'm rich. Like, he kind of, like, the here's how it's summed up to me. Like, is this guy really going to win? I thought it was a joke when Trump first came on the scene. I really did. I'll admit to that. What, what? I thought he was just trying to up his brand. But when Megyn Kelly comes out in that first Republican debate and says, you've called women fat pigs, slobs, blah, 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 and he cuts her off and goes, only Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> I was like, damn it. This guy... Like, you would never hear a politician say that. And and instead of it being this general abstract thing of you've called all, all sorts of women these things, which I'm sure he has said stuff, he makes he gives you a concrete example of what she is talking about. Of, yeah, I got into a stupid Twitter war and spat with Rosie O'Donnell, which makes everybody, of course, laugh. Oh, okay, but It's see, an honest take. Yeah, but at the same time... My whole thing with Trump was, okay, if you're already part of the 1%, how can you speak to people like me who are scraping by to make it and make us believe in you? But he did. I think it's be all I think the number one reason he spoke to people is the way he talked. It wasn't in highfalutin platitudes of here's what the United States stands for. It wasn't wonkish or geeky economic speak or political speak on policy. He talked about how I want to win. I'm tired of these losers and these idiots that ran the country, and I want to win, damn it. And it, it honestly reminded me of talk radio. Hmm. It reminded me of kind of the everyman and how they talked. Now, Trump is obviously 
very rich. Very. And but Trump, I think, also was never accepted by the true elite in New York. He was always seen as kind of this clown who wanted to be on the inside. And so he always he is like for instance Trump was in wrestling, Trump Plaza held WrestleMania five. He did a whole thing with Vince McMahon, Battle of the Billionaire. Like he was connected very much to the the working man, so to speak, as much as people work in this country. And I think that's why he won. The way he just talks. We'll see. Okay. We'll see if he keeps that base. But we got to hit a break here. All right. Joey Clark. Welcome back. Let's get it. Takes my mind beyond the trees. I'll sing it again. I was slipping mm. into darkness. Yeah. I hear that. See, I um, I really, we were talking as we hit the break of how did Donald Trump connect with the everyman, not the elite, not the 1%. Number one, I don't think he ever felt at home. He wanted to be part of the 1% in New York, and he was rich enough in that sense, income-wise, he had enough money. But culturally, he was still, uh, like, well, he was still professional wrestling. Well, well, but at the same time, you know what helps that though. You know, buying buying porn stars that helps. <laughs> no, and as far as I'm con- and also I love this aspect of Trump. I mean, I don't think it's right to cheat on your wives, <laughs> or your wife did, is did, what it should be. Did, 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 but, didn't, uh, didn't we go over this in the whole marriage debate? I think we did. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm just saying. I'm just throwing it out there. You know, we're in the Bible Belt. But right. Well, no, but here's the thing. So the Bible high. Belt voted for Trump. Whoever, again, go listen to him on on Stern. He, and now all these accusations, like, okay, he slept with Stormy Daniels. He slept with Karen McDougal, a Playboy playmate. I mean, most people are going. Who wouldn't? Unless you're, like, somebody who already doesn't like Trump for political reasons, like you want to win and beat Trump. Like, most people are, and guys in particular are going, like, all right. Exactly. Really? Exactly. He did what? Okay. I'm impressed, sir. But but but, but see, I'm also they, a little disappointed in but, you. Wait a minute. But they tried to vilify Bill Clinton for right. sleeping with an intern. I know. Come on, man. Well, and the the weird thing about Bill is that that was going on for years before Lewinsky. Yeah, but like George Stephanopoulos in his book, he I think it's called All Too Human or something like that. He was with Bill back when Bill was a governor and started the run for president. Yeah. It was a long shot, and he wins. And Stephanopoulos, even during those campaigns, like there was an accusation that Bill Clinton slept with like a prostitute in a hotel. And he's like, no, George, she just, I was by the pool. I was, you know, campaign, fresh in the flesh. Not like that, you know. <laughs> and uh, this girl just came up and flashed me. Like that's the sort of stuff Bill would tell him, and he like he believed it. But then he would hear story after story. Stephanopoulos would like 
Clinton with this woman, Clinton with that woman. And so George is already on the outside of the White House at this point. He's in media. He's Mm -hmm. quit his job in the White House. And the whole Monica Lewinsky thing drops. And George Stephanopoulos said to himself, yeah, he did it. Like, I know the guy too well. He did it. He's lying about it. Well, well, I mean, at that point... But is it important? No, because it had nothing to do with his job. Because at the time, very little. You know, unemployment was. Well, was, she did work there. What does that matter? You know what? Where Monica when JFK did what, it too. Wait, exactly. But where Monica messed up was she went to an older woman. Oh no! To seek advice. Oh no! Yeah, and she's right. the one who told. You're right. You're right. Because she was hating. She was like, "Wait a minute, this young <laughs> thing." Oh. Okay. And she went to the media was like, look, guess what? I got something to tell you. Got paid. Got Monica in trouble. Because her name is, I don't even know where she's staying now, but she's off in like some country town you've never heard of. Mm -hmm. She's changed her hair. She doesn't want want to ever be associated with that last name. See, but we're so, like, we think we're so unique. Like, these are the newest times. (laughs) If you you can go back to like ancient Roman times and the rumors about the emperors and their sexcapades. Oh, of course. Some of it's true. Some of it's not. It's just what the so-called I mean, lower the mo- class told themselves about the people with power over them. Now, now wait a minute. I'm about to say it's Caligula didn't get it from nowhere or uh, Spartacus. They didn't get that from nowhere. They didn't get it from nowhere, but I think it's also exaggerated. I, I, there is well, a common theme throughout history that people with power, whatever the time period allows for the most power, whether you're really good at running an army or you have a lot of money, maybe both, the people in power, whether it's government or the church, there is something about the narrative of, oh, these people are corrupt in the sense of sex, in the sense of they're disgusting in other ways. That is a common theme to undress the emperor. So well, well, but at the same time... Uh, history has kind of shown me that, you know, when usually when people in power have something called slaves, mm-hmm. sometimes they sleep with them. Oh, yeah. A lot of times they sleep with them, you know. Well, that, literal the, sex slaves. It, it, exactly. You, you're basically just here to serve me wine, and, you know, when the lights go out, hey, serve me other ways. Yeah. You know, I mean, the, well, think about the Persian Empire. Think about somebody like, the, like uh, Thomas Jefferson. Oh, Jefferson in who particular. Had, who had several other families. On the side of the one that that he officially had. Well, in Jefferson, we've talked about, he is quite a sphinx. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, he's the guy who did that. He's also the guy who, in the Declaration, wanted to get rid of slavery. And it's so... it's And this, that was the clue. That was the first clue. Right. Because he... Well, he loved her. Oh, of course. Um, of course. But, like, think of the, the rumors of the... Like, the Persian Empire. Like, uh... What is it in 300? Is it Xerxes? But then there's Darius or Darius the Great and all these things. And, you know, Cyrus the Great. And the whether it's a tale spun by the Greeks and the Spartans that's exaggerated, or it's true, there are stories of decadence and, you know, brothels and all these sort of things. Yeah, but you think about this, like, Leonidas' wife, oh, man, day one. Come on now. She actually gave herself to a guy that she hated mm. to try to get her husband some help. Like, you know what? If you promise to get the army there, hey, you can have me. Whatever. Well, she was a good Spartan wife. E- exactly. Yeah. Strong, too. And when he turned his back on her, 
She knew what to do. Well, no, and this is what I love about especially really ancient stories. Uh, what is it, Olympia? She was the wife, or the not the wife, the mother of Alexander the Great. Talk about cold-blooded, man. She, like, people try to apply our new gender norms and how we like to think about the battle of the sexes to those times. And they did apply. Women had the, the short stick uh, back then. Oh, yeah. But then there were occasionally women Cleopatra. because of how cold-blooded they were, and they knew how to use their assets and their, their wit and use the political machinery to their favor, and they would end up on top. And it's just like, what's the story of uh, Cleopatra and is it Mark Antony? Yeah, Mark Antony tried to, uh, he brought her or, tre- he brought her treasures and, and stuff like that, and she came to him was, and was like, I'm the queen of Egypt. You know, what can Rome give me that Egypt has not already provided? Well, and I'm thinking of the story, though, where she hid herself in a rug. It might have been Caesar and Cleopatra. But the, I think the story goes something like a a great rug is, like, presented. Uh, like, it's a gift being given to Caesar. And she's wrapped up in it. So as they unfurl it, she pops out and, you know, has the makeup and everything going on. And essentially her plan is to make the most powerful man in the world fall in love with her. That makes her the most powerful woman in the world, if not the most powerful person, because she's got him under her thumb. It's freaking brilliant. But but you, but but by today, what's funny is by today's standard, you know, Cleopatra and all of them, oh, their thoughts and... Oh, they're out here just giving themselves. Hey, sometimes you they have to use what they got to get what they wanted. Yeah, and it's just, it's a common theme. I'm My point of going back into this history and us talking about it, I don't think as experts, but just stuff we've heard, uh, is that we're not that different. There's nothing new under the sun necessarily. Oh, of course not. The game doesn't change just the players. So when I see, you know, accusations against Trump and then people bring up Clinton, and I love the hypocrisy game. It's like, oh, now the Democrats care about sex. It's like, yeah, and now the Republicans don't. It's, it's, the shoe's on the other foot. You're both hypocrites. That's the one thing in politics that, yes, there are hypocrites, but it's a virtue in politics because it allows you to turn around and accuse the other person doing something you would do yourself but it's somehow it still has currency in the society to call somebody a hypocrite and, and like, then yeah. at, the, at the same time they tried and tried and tried to catch obama in something like oh he's looking at this woman oh he's at the tennis <laughs> game looking at this but his wife is right there yeah he's like oh y'all ain't about to catch me in nothing the uh, only uh, one hey, baby come on you you coming with the you. only one that seemed plausible to me i'm trying to think who it was it was like the it, it was at Nelson Mandela's uh, the something like that. It was like some anniversary for Nelson Mandela where Obama spoke, and then the crazy uh, hand sign for the deaf guy. He wasn't actually an official guy; he was just making crazy signs. Nobody did a background. He's like, "Why did we let that guy on stage with the president?" Anyway, I think it was at that event or maybe the Olympics, some big event, and it was like the prime minister of Denmark or Sweden or something. Some European blonde bombshell who's also a very brilliant, powerful, like, head of her country. And there's this one video I remember going around where Obama and this blonde head of state are, like, talking. And you can tell it's not just, like, 
oh, official conversation. They're like, you know, kind of love tapping each other. Like, oh, 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 that was so funny. It could have been been a joke or anything. But here's why it's so, like, funny to me. It's because Michelle's right next to Barack giving him the stink eye, dude. So it's there's a little bit of that, and I don't think they ever caught. I don't think Obama ever did anything, at least overt, uh, or else we would have heard about it. Oh man, that would have been on every news outlet in the world. And, and see, I don't know. See, that's why I say I couldn't have been president because it was like a ticking time bomb. Like they just nitpicked him on every single thing he did. And this is why I say that. I oh you could have heard go back several years when Barack Obama was president. I was criticizing the hell out of him because I don't agree with his policy. Oh, oh, I but, really but, don't. But, but you're but you're not going to 100 percent agree with nobody's policy right. but your own. Right. I mean, there were some things. I, well, I like what he was doing with trying to get done with prison reform. I wish he had been more bold on ending the drug uh, war. Well, 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 you uh, know what? I guess he just needed Kim Kardashian to, right, I know. You know, you know, to do prison reform. Crazy? I don't care how Trump does it. If Kim Kardashian convinces President Trump to pardon or commute the sentence of somebody who deserves it, all power to her. Now, now what's Kim famous for again? Having a big ass. No, no. Wasn't there a video? Or oh, something? a sex tape. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah and we're yeah. back to the sex thing. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see that tape in a few years of her visiting the White House. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Just, uh, I just, see what you mean now. I, hey, I'm just saying. Uh, oh, wow. Because Tristan, and the story is, uh, Tristan Thompson is trying to get away from Chloe, but she is not letting that man go. Oh, no. Oh, oh Chloe loves see, her. but back. then why do we know this much about, the Kardashians are brilliant entrepreneurs. Oh, oh of course. They're, they're making money they're, off they're, just living dramatic lives. Now, 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 you know what's sad? Their mom prepared the daughters for the world. But slept on the sun, and the sun got taken to the bank. <laughs> son got got some Poor good guy. looking, good looking, you know, chick pregnant, and she's in his pocket for life. Poor she's guy. like, I'm a Kardashian without being a Kardashian. Yeah, it just, I don't know. I want to come back though to this, the nitpicking, the uh, I would call it presidential derangement syndrome, and it's beyond just presidents, celebrities. Back to the point you made. For some reason, they're. People, I think, still want excellence. Like, when you watch, say, Forged in Fire on the History Channel, like all these guys come in who are blacksmiths, and here you got a certain amount of time, make this knife, make this sword. Like, I'm watching that going, I don't want them to mess up. I want both of them, all four of them, to create the best blade possible. I would like it when somebody takes whatever they're doing, whether it's blacksmithing or singing competition or sports, and they're like incredible at what they now, do. Now, now, but you, I'm glad you meant. But mentioned. then once, and to your point, once somebody does show that, say it's like LeBron. How many haters are there on LeBron James? Uh, a lot, a lot. But why? But, but but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Before we get to that, when you said singing competition, that's the first thing I thought about because they build up the whole drama of. Oh, well, he was living on the streets two weeks ago, <laughs> and now he's coming to us to sing, and this is his last chance. And then next thing you know, some 13-year-old, he's skinny because he's starved out, and he opens his mouth, and you're just like, whoa. Oh, oh my God. And you God. forget about the person who was homeless two weeks ago. Exactly. Oh, no, oh, but oh I said this, and it's, I think it's because I've had a tragic, big tragic thing happen in my life. If you ever see me on a singing show, I am not 
in the first week going to be like, now, our next contestant, Joey Clark. Like, oh, little music underneath him. And it's like me looking in a camera going, three years ago, my mom died of brain cancer. So I'm doing this for you, mom. Like, if somebody's genuinely doing that, fine. But, like, I don't want my first impression of you to be like, here's the most tragic thing in my life. My favorite, and I know people have hard times. I'm not making but, but too see, much and, light of but, it. But, but, but see, every season, come on now, there's at least six people on American Idol who have the same story. Well, I was sleeping at the bus station. Well, you know, and it's just me no, and my guitar. Here's one that you can point out and see before they even say it. It's like, well, I'm from Kentucky. And uh, and this person saying I'm from Kentucky is fabulous. They oh, have yeah. like perfect hair that might be a little of you know eyeshadow or, or at least eyeliner, and and my clothes are perfectly done. I'm from Kentucky, and it was so hard living there. I and oh then it God, turns that... into the tear, and it's like, okay, you grew up gay in the rural South. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Why does this matter to you singing? I know you're trying to create a personal story that's connected with me. I just want to see you sing. And, and, then, and then when the cameraman does the crowd reactions with the women in the crowd crying for them, <laughs> yeah. watching the story. Because well, people do oh get caught up with that oh crowd. And, and, and they're doing the little hands in front of the face. Oh, my God. Listen, but I, oh I, don't, God. I don't care. Like, I do care because you're a person and good for you. But in this context, what do you got in terms of singing? But, but, but then this is the thing. Those are the people who turn out to have the great voices every time. And there's some and, truth to that. And, and come to find out, 90% of the Glee uh, uh, cast came from American Idol. Yeah. Rejects. Well, no, and there is some truth to that. Whether it's because you were gay in some very conservative rural part of the country or you've been through some crap. Have you ever heard of David Goggins? He talks about some of the racist crap in Indiana he had to go through and... Like and he he was this big fat guy, miserable, terrible life, and he changed it by just saying to hell with this. He became a Navy SEAL, even with like I think a heart defect and like crazy stuff. I think there's some truth of if somebody's gone through a lot of hardship growing up and they somehow overcome it, whether it's willpower or bet, better habits, good habits, that especially in music, you can hear it. Like if somebody has that experience and they have the talent. You can hear that pain that gets translated. Exactly. If you've been through hardship, you can turn it into something good. And and so maybe that's why they tell the stories on those shows. But then sometime comes on, somebody comes on and says, my dad or my mom died a few years ago and they can't sing a lick. Like, why did you do that to that person? And and you know what? I don't know. Like, Like my parent died and I still suck. But it, it, it becomes a little disingenuous when... It happens every season. You have eight to ten people right. who have the same tragic story and every a lot of people, season. I mean, and and a that's lot of just people. like that's just like America's Next Dance crew. Oh, well, yeah, you know, yeah. we're, we're dancing for my daughter who has cancer. If you be- if you believe it or not, there's not a lot of money in dancing. So <laughs> unless you hit yeah. big, you know. So I'm I'm just like every season we're dancing for a member who died. You know, six years ago he started this crew. We told him not to smoke crack. Exactly. So you don't know. put that needle in your arm, man. Exactly. So it's 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 crazy, man. It is crazy. Oh man, and this this time just it flew by, man. It did fly by, but I mean, I don't think we should tear down our symbols. Well, 
Here's a good advice. Don't raise them up and think they're saints in the first place. Well, well, you know what? The greatest thing they said in Superman is they love to see a hero rise, but they more than that, they love to see a hero fail. Well said. Thank you for listening, folks. Thank you for joining me, Brandon. Oh, yeah. Anytime. I'll be back tomorrow night. I think I'll have Mr. Spotlight. We'll see what we get into. Joey Clark.